you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy hellman well it's official i am officially engaged to my house in connecticut very exciting uh we have a signed contract My husband saw it for the very first time last week after we already had a signed contract. So even if he hated it, we were going to be moving in. Luckily, he called it special and spectacular, and I could not agree more. I am tingly with excitement, but also has this happened to you where once you've signed the contract, once it's a sealed deal, I've been getting a little bit of cold feet It ticked all the boxes. It had more than I could hope for. Uh, It was in the area we were looking. Uh, The schools are great. And now I'm like, oh, did we make the right choice? You finally get what you asked for. And then you wonder, was there something else? Anyway, I'm trying to quash those thoughts. And one way I'm trying to avoid regrets is by having those real estate agents, the ones we were working with in the different parts of Connecticut, the one we were working with in New Jersey. I told them, stop sending me new listings. I'm still on their listserv or whatever that gets all the latest listings. And I would find myself at night popping one open just to like look through and say, did I get a better deal? Is this a house I would want to live in? It's just like when you're online dating and you've become serious with someone and then you don't get off the app and you're still looking, you have one eye open. It feels so wrong. You are happy and content with the person you found. What the heck are you doing? So I'm off all the apps as of 12 years ago uh, when I met my husband, and I am off all the apps and all the websites as of two weeks ago when this whole thing became a little more real. I'm very excited, but I'm trepidatious because there's a gap between when we move in, which is, I'm sorry, between when we close on our house, which is June 25th, and when we move into the new place, which is August 17th. That is a big old gap. And the problem is that, you know, I have two kids, a husband and a dog. What are we going to do for three and a half weeks? That's a problem I can solve. The larger problem is, you know, 
once this place became somewhat official, once I got to go back for the second time and I measured each room and made a list of all the things I would need, well, I have fully designed this space, but I can't order anything because where am I going to ship it to? There's no place for me to ship these items. And with the supply chain issues, there's no guarantee that these items are going to be available when I'm ready to buy them in three and a half weeks. But I just couldn't help myself. Guys, have you ever found yourself in limbo, in between two spaces, in between two lives, in between two worlds? I've got such a busy month coming up that I'm going to be packing everything this weekend. I'm not going to be able to find anything. I hosted some friends for a book club the other day, my true crime book club. We read Unmasked by Paul Holes. And if you love true crime, you've got to read or listen to that book because it was amazing. Uh, Anyway, I had to host and I had snacks on Thomas the Train plates with red Solo cups. Now, my kids are 9 and 11, so it's been a long time since Thomas the Train was a desirable character in our house. But, you know, I'm trying to use up all the birthday party leftovers, etc. And I've already packed away all the wine glasses. So red Solo cups for everyone. I hope you are having a less discombobulating summer. I hope you also have something to look forward to, and I can't wait to read more of your questions. Speaking of questions, I got a really big influx last time I put the call out, so I'm going to put the call out again. I know summer fun is on your mind, and you might be spending a lot of time outdoors, but if you're having troubles indoors, if you're thinking about furniture, pillows, accessorizing, renovations, you won't want to hesitate to write me. I'll answer your questions for free. Just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. Once again, that's affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. There's a form right there that you can fill out and send me your questions, send me some pictures to help me to understand what's going on. And I'll answer it right here on the air. You can also catch me live answering it on YouTube. You'll see my face. You'll see the images that people have sent in. And I think it will help to bring their situations to life rather than just relying on my descriptions of the spaces. All right, there you go. You have your call to action and I have mine. It's time for me to answer your questions. My first question comes from Nicola, and she's writing all the way from London. She writes, Hi, Betsy. I have a question. Earlier this year, I sent it in, and you gave me great advice. Now I have a new question about my hallway. It's going to be decorated in a few weeks. There's some serious holes in the plasterboard, aka drywall, that I need a decorator to repair anyway. So I am taking this opportunity to redecorate. I just don't know what to do with it. This hallway has absolutely no natural light as I'm in an apartment, and there are lots of doors coming off of it. It's an L shape with the two bedrooms, bathroom, living, dining, kitchen room off of it, as well as a large built-in cupboard. The cupboard doors are completely flat, so I plan to treat them like the wall, but all the other doors are contemporary wood veneer. Eventually, I'd love to replace them with some nicer doors. I can paint those, but now the wood effect doors are going to stay. I'm going quite colorful with the rest of my apartment. The blue paint swatch you see taped on the wall and the picture is the color I'm planning on doing in my kitchen, living room, dining room, and bedroom. Oh, excuse me. My bedroom will be pink. 
My two-word phrase is relaxed preppy, and I'm drawing lots of inspirations from Key West and Miami Beach for my colors. Do I embrace how dark the hallway is and go dark? I've heard a lot of people say to do darker colors in darker rooms, but it's really not my vibe. I've considered using that same blue color in the hallway, but I'm just not really loving it there. I've also considered wallpaper, hence the small sample on the wall. Would that be too busy? I've previously thought about doing some simple paneling halfway up or two-thirds of the way up the wall, but I wonder if there are too many doors to make that look good. Basically, I have too many ideas, and unusually for me, I can't seem to come up with a vision for this hallway. Sorry for the essay, but thank you for your advice, Nicola. All right, let's look here, Nicola. I'm popping open the pictures as we're discussing. First things first, I think if you have bad quality wood doors, it is important to paint them. It's the beautiful quality wood doors that maybe you don't want to paint or don't need to paint. But if these look cheap, painting them the same color as the trim, I think will give the whole area a beautiful facelift. So that's my first recommendation. My second recommendation is that we want to keep in mind my idea of the Skittles effect. Having too many colors within one view. If I'm walking down the hallway and these openings are open, in other words, there's no door to close off the pink bedroom uh, or the vibrant blue living room, dining room, kitchen, We want to be mindful that we don't want this rainbow of fruit flavors. I only want to see, ideally, two Roy G. Biv colors, and the rest would be neutral or lighter versions or darker versions of the Roy G. Biv colors. Also, when you're thinking about painting something a really bold, out loud color, and the color that you're showing here is definitely bold and out loud. It is, well, the color on the wallpaper has variations of teal or kind of an ocean or Caribbean blue. And it goes from quite a saturated Caribbean blue to a lighter tone. And it has this kind of scallop pattern that has a small like fan design inside the scallop that's the lighter teal. And then the outer edges of the scallop are that darker teal or turquoise. There's a lot going on with that paper, and it's got about a medium-sized pattern. I would say each scallop, which uh, ends in a point at the top, is probably six to eight inches high. Then the wall paint that you're thinking about for the other room that you're planning on bringing into here is also a very light teal. Uh, So it's kind of playing off that fan shape in the wallpaper. The thing about wallpaper is it draws attention to something. This hallway is very utilitarian. It has so many doorways, so many openings. There's going to be a lot of cuts in this paper, which is why I'm pleased with the pattern you chose because it's not so big. It's not like a mural that will be cut up and you'll kind of lose the effect, nor is it a lot of small pattern, which could be dizzying in a large expanse like this L-shaped hallway. 
I don't love the idea of doing the same blue that's in the living dining kitchen because that's going to be a lot of that color blue. It's going to be in that big open space and it's going to be throughout this hall and I think it will lose its impact. It may even start to feel like a neutral in this space because you're just using it so much. When I'm designing, when I'm facing questions like this, I like to do process of elimination. I would eliminate the idea that we are going to be using the same blue paint color for the reasons I just mentioned. I am open to the wallpaper idea, and this wallpaper is certainly growing on me. I'm not really open to the idea of doing some kind of molding two-thirds of the way up or a third of the way up. The reason is because this hallway is broken up by so many door frames, so many actual doors, so many openings that I just think it's going to be too much going on architecturally and molding is an architectural feature. The other option is just to paint it a neutral. Do an interesting runner rug on the floor, do some interesting art in a few specific locations along the L shape, and then do some amazing light fixtures that will not only help to add illumination to the space, but that can also serve as little sculptural pieces that provide visual interest. Those would be my tips. So take away there, distilling it down to my true advice, either keep it neutral because this space is starting to sound a little loud. It is starting to sound like you have a lot of ideas. Uh, let me go back. It was preppy and what else? Key West, Miami Beach. Well, I'm looking for that other word. Oh, relaxed preppy. Hmm. I can't see any of your other design choices, but for me, Key West totally goes with relaxed. It does not go with preppy. When I think preppy, I think Connecticut, frankly. Uh, not that I plan on being preppy, but that's the kind of thing I think about. Now, the key with a two-word phrase is that it's truly personal, that you create a two-word phrase that lights you up, that's clear to you, that when you're shopping, you say, yes, this is it, and no, that is not it. And seeing as how we're in different countries, I mean, you're using the word cupboard for closet, I have a feeling we might be using different words for preppy as well. So just key in and make sure that the two-word phrase you pick truly resonates with you and doesn't conflict with the inspiration you've provided. Because right now for me, Key West and Miami Beach are even two totally separate ideas. Miami Beach is kind of urban, fun. It may have some art deco, but definitely 80s. I think Miami Vice. I think pastels. I think some neons. And when I'm thinking Key West, I'm thinking total beach vibe. I'm thinking laid back. I'm thinking a little shop-worn. I'm thinking Ernest Hemingway's kind of Key West with those Victorian-style homes. Make sure that it's one idea, not six ideas. I'm worried based on the paint color I'm seeing, based on the wallpaper, and based on the fact you're sharing with me you have a ton of ideas, that you may try and cram everything into one house versus stepping back and saying, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have a Key West bedroom and I'm going to have a Miami Beach living dining kitchen area. I'm also going to keep that flowing through the hallway, which is clearly visible from that area. Just 
pare down the ideas so that it doesn't feel so overwhelming. I myself have plenty of ideas, and you can have a different two-word phrase for areas that are closed off with a door, but open areas really need to feel quite consistent. And the last word you want to think about when creating that two-word phrase, and the word I'm most worried about in this equation is sophisticated. All those ideas can start to deteriorate the sophistication, can take away from that elevated idea we're going for. Because even if you didn't hire a designer, even if you're doing this on your own, you still want it to look like it was professional. You still want it to look aspirational when people come in, wow, this is amazing versus, whoa, this is a lot. All right. I hope that helped, Nicola. Please keep us posted. I can't wait to see what you choose. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and the Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. My next question comes from Erin. Erin writes, hi, Betsy. Thank you so much for the educational and entertaining content you provide. I just love it. My family and I recently moved into a rental home. Like you, we wanted to take advantage of the hot, hot, hot real estate market. I have furnished and styled my rental with 100% of existing pieces from my former home, which incidentally was a much larger Mediterranean style home that we purchased and furnished in 2003. Since I bought everything before I quote-unquote met you, I'm wondering if you could help me quote-unquote Betsy-fy my home retroactively. I think I have a fairly consistent color palette, although I don't think it fits into the 60-30-10 formula. I did my best accessorizing with what I have, but what ideas could you share with me? Ways I could change the decor to make the home look better. I'm willing to spend a little bit as we may be here two to three years, but in an ideal world, I wouldn't buy anything. Also, what would you say my two-word phrase is? Thank you so much for your suggestions, Erin from Mission Viejo, California. Erin, thank you for writing and thank you for sharing your pictures with me. They are very helpful. You have shared with me pictures of your family room, your living room, your entryway, and just some other little zones throughout the space, which really helps me to understand what's going on here. First things first, I think you've got the right mentality about not over-investing in a rental you're only going to be in for two to three years. 
who knows what your next move will be, especially since you've gotten so much money from the sale of your home. So save that little nest egg, watch it build. So your next move can be something where you are able to buy furniture that all fits into your new vibe and all feels very cohesive. Right now, I am seeing two different styles in the spaces, and I just want to address this because it's making the space feel not cohesive, right? We are not going for perfect here, Erin. Perfect is your next space in two to three years. We are going for good enough, and I think you are there. Your family room and your living room, I would both call in terms of style contemporary. You have clean lined pieces. They are geometric shapes. There's not a lot of ornate detailing. Everything looks like it's available right now. That is contemporary design of the moment. You have a big leather sectional and sort of this camel color. You have a coordinating ottoman with a tray on top. You have two uh, tufted armchairs that have kind of extremely high backs. So they almost make a dramatic style statement. And it's in a room with a baby grand piano. So that says drama too, feels right at home. And then you have a curved sofa, which is definitely of the moment. Everybody is clamoring for curved furniture right now. And the entryway and the console in the family room starts to move us in a different direction. Those pieces are not even transitional, which is a combination of contemporary and traditional. Those two pieces, the entryway console and the family room console, are downright traditional. They're heavily carved. They're very ornate. They look like they came from a different time and era. They're kind of this mahogany type wood tone. They are just taking me to a totally different place. Does it feel cohesive with the other items going on? No. Does it need to for two to three years? I don't know. I love the idea that you've put contemporary pieces above those traditional pieces. So above the family room console that has um, legs and carvings, the mahogany, blah, 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 blah. You put a very contemporary piece of abstract art that's bringing out the reds and greens and blues that you're finding in the carpet in the family room and those reds from the pillows on the leather sofa. I think you've done a good job of tying in the color scheme, and I think you could easily pull a 60-30-10 using the inspiration piece as the rug that's in the space, which is primarily red with all those different colors I just mentioned, or this beautiful abstract art piece, which has you know no less than 10 colors that you could easily pull to create that color palette. I think you're on the right track. It's just about incorporating a few more things with those specific colors so that you've made a clear statement. Right now, your 60 appears to be the red. And I'm not sure what the 30 and 10 is, but you could add that in with secondary pillows, a throw blanket that has color, uh, any number of ways, right? A colorful end table, a chunky basket that's been painted. There's lots of different ways to go. In terms of the entryway console, it's a three-drawer chest. Again, very ornate, very traditional. But over the top, you've put, I would call it a transitional mirror. It's a circular mirror that has a carved frame that's black. And the carving is somewhat geometric. 
Uh, do I love that the mirror and the art piece above each console are potentially wider than the consoles themselves? Not really. That's not the proportion I'm going for. Typically, I love a piece above an art piece or a mirror or a wall hanging to be 50 to 75% of the length of the furniture piece it's above. That goes for sofas, headboards, credenzas, uh, buffets, and your situation consoles. Uh, so having it be 90 to 120% of the length of the console is not working for me visually. But again, we're making this good enough. We're not making it perfect. When I'm guiding clients in your position who really don't want to spend more, uh, who are willing to spend a little bit more, but maybe not much, it's all about just shaking things up that you already have. For instance, above your curved sofa, you have a relatively small piece of art, it appears, that again is relatively, I mean, I have a very distant view, but it's relatively transitional in its subject matter and its framing. Maybe we hang that abstract piece that's quite large above the sofa instead and move that landscape that feels much more traditional above the console. I'm not sure, right? Because I can't see the whole lay of the land. And I do love the idea that you're kind of mixing. Because you're mixing, you may want to create a style word that encourages the mix, like whimsical or eclectic. Right now, there's not enough going on for me to truly label it eclectic. But I think the feeling word could certainly be whimsical. And the style word could be contemporary and maybe just choose to ignore those two traditional pieces. It really is up to you. It really is a matter of you looking in your crystal ball and saying, where's my style going? What pieces am I probably going to get rid of in the new space? Should I just get rid of them now? Oftentimes, randomly placed consoles are just crap collectors. And I would ask myself, is this just collecting dust or is it actually serving a function? And if it's just collecting dust, am I going to be more traditional in my new space? If the answer is no, I'm going to sell this on Facebook Marketplace. I'm going to put it on my Buy Nothing page on Facebook. I'm going to lose this piece. We don't want to fill a space just to fill it, especially if it's causing a problem for the design of the room. All right, Erin, that's my two cents. You know, my day-to-day -day job is making things better, not perfect. It's really where I live. And right now I'm having the same conundrum. I'm trying to decide because my new house is going to have totally different metal finishes. And because it's much more ornate and carved and visually dated than my current house, I want to go in a more transitional direction, which is not my typical MO. Typically, I'm like a mid-century modern kind of gal. Uh, I'm trying to decide what compromises I'm willing to make. I'm trying to decide what pieces I'm open to reusing that will potentially, you know, impact my vision. But when I'm moving to a larger house, I don't want to start from scratch. That would be ridiculous. Well, I mean, I do want to start from scratch. I'm not going to start from scratch because that would be financially irresponsible. But I am very hopeful that the person who moves in here wants to buy all my furniture so I can start from scratch. No compromises, Erin. That's the dream. We'll see how it manifests.
I'll keep you all posted and please keep me posted. Let me know how you're doing. Send me your questions, affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. I love to answer them. And now I'm going to go hit the beach. Bye everybody. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.